Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. So podcast ideas oftentimes start out of conversations that uh, you and I are having that are not supposed to be a podcast, but all of a sudden in the middle of the conversation, you know, we should probably make a podcast yeah, about that. Yeah, like, uh, we're, we've been talking about this for the last three half innings. I think we could probably do a whole show on this. And so that that's how this podcast was born. We were talking about Major League Baseball catchers. It's not a – it's been a rough run for them, you know. They're, they're the kind of position that for a long time I think were – especially after the age of the superstar catcher kind of died down. We lost Pudge. We lost a lot of those kinds of guys, and there really hasn't well, been – Pudge retired. We didn't lose him. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, in terms of him being a, a active yeah, yeah, major yeah, league yeah. baseball player. There hasn't really been a guy that's come up and taken that mantle as the next great – like a Hall of Fame catcher, Mauer, Posey, like – they were really good, but we got a lot of people giving us flack back on you know, bringing Mauer into that conversation, saying, right. "You know, like, I, and I, I, is he there? Is yeah. he there? I don't know." But, but I'm saying neither one of those guys, in right. my mind, reached that echelon of top tier greatest catcher ever, like Rodriguez did. And we really haven't had another Yadier. Rodriguez is not the greatest catcher ever. He's up there though. He's number two in a lot of if you go by WAR, which is not the only thing, but yes, uh, Johnny Bench, I think, still. But my point being Still. that there's not really – who's the best catcher in baseball right now? That's a really good question. Um, I think normally the only guy who qualifies, believe it or not, so you have to have 3.1 plate appearances for the team's games that have been played for you to qualify. There's only one major league catcher that qualifies for that that's played enough to even qualify. That's so that right, that, that, that right there tells you right. the state of catching in the major it leagues is, right know, now. Right. So, so your backup – is your backup closer or further away in ability to your primary catcher than it used to be? I'd say closer. Me too. Because I think for most teams, given how much the backup's playing now, you're probably better having two pretty good guys than one really good guy and an okay guy. It's hard to find even a good guy. Though. No, yeah, there's not many of those. So so you kind of give up you know, one or the other, right? You got a catcher who can hit. Um, who's not very good behind the plate, but you put up with it because he's a really good hitter. Um, there are a few of those in Major League Baseball. Mike not Pia- a lot. Mike Piazza would be yeah, that, that kind of mold. Kind, kind of a, but for the most part, the catcher is the guy who uh, is involved in calling the game for the pitcher. So the way that he handles the pitcher it, you know, outweighs a lot of the other things that he might do. He's got to be able to be good defensively, obviously stop the ball from getting by him and and have a good enough arm. And, and I do think catchers have better arms today and, and better understanding of how to cut down base deals because base dealers don't try so much anymore. No, it's re- and and that's a combination of both advanced statistics telling them that generally stealing a base isn't as worth it. And also the catchers are so good that that kind of makes it the reason why it's not worth it. The chance of you being thrown out is really high these days. And, and as I said, I think, I think war in particular as an evaluation for catchers is probably the worst for catchers because war is an accumulative stat and catcher is the hardest it's to accumulate to yeah. all the time. So, so, but if you will go by top 10 all time war, Johnny Bench and Pug, so you're, you're right on. Carlton Fisk, Gary Carter, Yogi Berra, Mike Piazza, Bill Dickey, Mickey Cochran, Ted Sims, just in the Hall of Fame last year, mm-hmm. and Gabby Hartnett, the famous Homer in the gloaming. In the, in but the, in you the notice what there's not on there. There's not a lot of newer guys on that right, list. Right, right. So we we talked about Buster Posey maybe being in the Hall of Fame. And 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 I was so bullish on that, thinking, you know, the guy won three World Series, the primary catcher for the, you know, for the San Francisco Giants. Right, right. But but like you could, I'm 
sure there was some other guy that was on the Giants team for all three World Series. And when you and when you try Crawford, yeah, you, you're not going to make a Hall of Fame case going. He was the shortstop for three World Series teams. It doesn't kind of it's, it's a very hollow compliment. Well, and and so I, I went because I'm I'm crazy like this. I went looking around and I found a guy. I found a guy. I found a guy named Wally Shang. Okay, I was not familiar with Wally Shang, who that, came. I'm up, not. Who came up in 1913? Oh, that's why. With the um, with the Philadelphia Athletics and played through 1931 in the Detroit Tigers. What's interesting is he played in the World Series in his rookie year. In fact, he played in three World Series and was the primary catcher in three World Series for three different teams. Ooh. Okay, Wally Shang hit had a 47.9 career WAR, a little less than Buster Posey's. Um, and hit 284 for his career with 59 homers and an ops of 117. Was a good defensive catcher. Wally Shang is not yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I, I, that was a story we knew all knew the conclusion to before. Well, it got there. All, all I'm saying is, is that your point is well taken. That just because Buster Posey was was there for was three there. for worlds, but he was a primary player. He's a primary player. But I think it's the kind of thing where World Series are simultaneously very important. And not at all important for the Hall of Fame. Well, supposedly, right? Because you know, it takes away the opportunity for the poor guy like Mattingly, who never got to the World Series and isn't in the Hall of Fame. I'm not so sure you're but right what about I, that. But what I mean by that is that guy, people use it both as a metric to rate guys up yeah. and rate guys down, basically arbitrarily. You, we just apply World Series in the in this like if it strengthens your argument, you're going to reference the World Series. If it weakens your argument, you're going to ignore the World Series because I, I think at the end of the day, it's the kind of thing I go, okay, Buster Posey was on three Giants teams and he helped lead three Giants teams to winning World Series. But does and that hit two ninety eight for his career or something like two, that? But but though winning the three World Series is that why he should be in the Hall of Fame like is that what, what that is a one of the contributing in my opinion one of the contributing factors because he was not only not only was he on those teams he was the, the one of the stars of those teams of all three of those teams came out of college went to the World Series in 10 12 and 14 won three times um, and so because he was not just a guy in the team like Wally Shang was a good player on, on, on these World Series teams but he was not necessarily the star of the team I I give him a little bit more props and for the higher career average and for being a perennial all-star. Look, there's only 19 catchers in the in, in the Hall of I Fame. I disagree. We, we could you. have a couple more. I don't disagree <laughs> with you that Posey probably belongs in the Hall of Fame, but I can that's why I can very easily yeah. see the argument for somebody that says like, but when you look at the actual numbers the guy has, when you go when you take a step back and you're like, okay, wait, you know, a career 298 hitter, which is good, but just hitting close to 300 isn't a Hall of Fame thing. Well, for catchers, it is. That would be the <laughs> saying, okay, you're a catcher, but how much of his career did he play a catcher? A Does lot, he, a lot. No, well, more than and, and know, 60, he, and, 70%. Again, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I just think it's... it's I, didn't too, make this, I didn't need to make this a referendum on Posey. All I'm trying to say is, it's, right, you can make the argument, as you have done very well, that a guy like Wally Shang would say, well, what about me? I played in three World Series, and I had, he had, a, 287. had 121 career stolen bases at catcher, by the way, which is, you know, I can make a, any stat look really good for any position. Yeah. So, um, you know, well, what prompted the discussion, I think, was our... Our first discussion on this topic was pitch framing, right? Because with the robo umps, that that's literally are, a useless coming, skill, right? And so, how important? And and they talk about it all the time, but you've never seen a catcher evaluated for you know, at least in 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 a fan way, uh, like how good a pitch frame. There's no stat. 
for pitch framing. There is. Well, that not that we not that, not that general fans are right. aware of. There are pitch framing statistics, and teams are aware of the guys that are really good pitch framers as opposed to the guys that aren't good pitch framers. Uh-huh. But again, that's all going to be relevant literally like next year or the year after when they bring in the robo umps when pitch framing is doesn't do anything and and you know you, you've heard the stories about the pitch framing right with the umpire given the you know the, the the catch if you move your glove again i'm not going to call a strike for the next three innings you know that they, they, they the umpires know that catchers are trying to steal strikes right right and yet they don't stop them from doing it so i think any umpire that's trying to go like oh if you move that glove three inches i'm not calling another strike uh yeah guess what they still move the glove and you still called strikes so so that skill is going to be as you say and and of course i think the, the person who's probably going to hate this the most is going to be the catcher's agent oh it's very bad for catcher <laughs> right because something that you would evaluate and go well he hit 213 last year but he threw out 20 guys and he's a really good pitch framer right so so what really realistically though what it does is it, it, certain catcher's agents are going to hate it other catcher agents are going to love having pitch framing eliminated because it basically eliminates an entire skill set right. from being relevant to the catchers in terms of the receiving of the baseball. You are now really only going to be judged on your ability to not let balls by you. You're blocking, blocking and catching your ability to throw, be a good enough arm that guys can't run on just and, you and given the lack of, of steal attempts comparably. And, and especially today, we, and as, as Met fans, we could say this when you watch a lot of guys stealing bases, it's not on the catcher anymore. It's on the pitcher. Nito's throwing guys out from his knees. Right. <laughs> when you look at Syndergaard, the reason why Syndergaard who was throwing 99 had trouble getting guys stealing on him is because he was so slow to home. It doesn't matter how good the catcher is at throwing guys out. He's not going to do it. So, so you, you know, you take, you take this away, right? And and so I, I was going to say that because you know the team with the lowest batting average this year for their catchers uh, is a team that is one of the very best teams in Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees? No, no, uh, no. I know it's the Astros. The Astros, yeah, because right, Maldonado, Jason Castro, and Maldonado. Oh, Cole Castro, of course, went wild against the Mets last week, but that's immaterial. Yeah, um, you know, I think they're batting one seventy five or something like that to catch. So how can a a, a major league team run two guys out there that can't get off the interstate. Well, they already, they did the teams in the national league did it for years. They had their pitcher batting. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent true. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I'm going to take any catcher over any, just about any pitcher in terms of hitting. So realistically, if your catcher is now your dead bat in the lineup, how bad is that for you? You were already running with one. Well, and, and now the catcher is going to have to maybe be a little less of a dead bat because you take away pitch framing. So really you want there to go, you know, and, and I don't know with pitch calm and what's going on right now. We don't really know as fans all the time. Who's calling the darn game is, is it the pitching coach? It's is going it to be catcher? it's is going it to pitcher? be by pitcher and by team. Some teams will have the pitching coach calling the game from the the dugout. Some teams will have like I don't think that the, the who knows I could be wrong about this, but I'd be very surprised if the St. Louis Cardinals had somebody other than Yadier calling the game. I would say that the the pitchers would agree to that with the Cardinals saying, "Yeah, we want him to call the game. We feel confident." But I bet you Max Scherzer's calling his own game. Mm-hmm. I I would I would be surprised if the Yankee pitchers weren't having their games called by the pitching coach. Why? Because it, it takes an entire thing off the catcher. If the catcher, if the catch, if the the pitch com allows you so easily to get the the calls you want to the pitcher, and the idea is that they want the guys shaking off less and less. They don't want guys. There is not every guy has a green light on the ability no, to shake no, off. I understand that. And so if you're doing that, you've got a guy. You know, rather than especially, let's say you've got your backup catcher who's maybe only caught this pitcher a handful of times who's going to be better educated on his stuff the catcher or the pitching coach 
Right, right. Well, the pitching coach is generally going to have a better idea of what this guy is good at. He might be able to call a better game than the catcher. I, I think there, I think we could have a whole discussion, right? But on, I think that, that, I think the thing aspect. is is that I don't think there are as many. The only reason I'm saying this is look how often we see the catcher when he's on pitch com just looking over at the dugout and getting a call from the pitching coach as to what the pitch is going to be. It happens I, all the time, right? And I, I, obviously, it, uh, the old saying "it depends" is is a big it depends on the team, depends on the staff, depends on what they're doing. But I, I think that you're almost putting the catcher back there like okay just you know why don't you just put a hockey goal back there right because a hockey goal can't take it bats <laughs> he can't he can't take it back and he can't throw aside from that you don't really need anything else no, it's, it's the kind we're, of we've taken so so the old time baseball guys right i got into trouble we got into trouble a little bit you know with the koufax well because we taught our, our our episode two episodes ago there uh, what three twelve um koufax versus kershaw well some people of course had to take it on you know well you know i take Koufax over Kershaw. These pitchers today can't pitch, pitch six innings, and how Sandy was the guy. Like that wasn't the point of the podcast. Also, also, these pitchers today. Except we're not comparing Koufax to every pitcher today. We're comparing him to Kershaw, and I don't think anybody was complaining about his ability to go six innings into a game. So, so how it relates to catchers is right. The, the catcher would catch a hundred and thirty, forty games back in the day. He called the teams. He was the tough guy, you know, with the bad knees and you know the the battle. You know, so all this romantic stuff about catchers right and, and so okay so this is where it's just like okay so so wait we as fans are entitled to demand catchers destroy their yes, bodies yes yes that is what the old-time baseball fan seems to like yeah i remember those days when they were bruised, well, you would catch 160 had, games yeah, now yeah. at the right old a, age of cart him off the field one day he's never gonna walk again like no who, who benefits from that well I, what does it prove to me that like oh this catcher could take the punishment but it is hard sometimes to understand so that the punishment of squatting behind the the plate and catching a game um can't that can't be that different right the physical aspect of squatting behind the plate other than the pitchers well, are throwing also you have to think 20% about how many guys harder. that would be catchers got moved out because you think about a guy like kyle schwarber mm-hmm. came up as a catcher and who the cubs probably looked at and goes this guy's too valuable a bat to destroy by sticking him behind be- the plate because it's a, a particularly body type wise right so you know guys that have longer careers as catchers are, are normally not pudge like guys no, who's not, a stocky no they're, you, you they're, know, they're, they're smaller they're little right they don't have as much body you know mess buster, buster posey was a big guy but he wasn't a thick no. you know you know uh you know a guy Piazza like that was a big guy Piazza was a big guy and and he was a pretty healthy catcher even if he wasn't the but best even, defensive but catcher. even near the end he st- you could see he would miss time all the time in those seasons because just the position of catcher wears down your body so i think teams are going to look at it with pitch framing getting eliminated and going okay what can we get away with defensively and we've seen the difference a good defensive catcher can make but what can we get away with defensively to get better hitters into the lineup because major league catchers basically can't hit this season Right, right. So, I, I, are you suggesting that we could end up having a designated hitter for the catcher? At some no, point? <laughs> I don't think so. But I, I make th- people mad if you go. No, down that I don't road. think so. But I think what you'll see more is that teams are going to make basically. You're gonna have to make a choice in your team. Can I get enough hitting elsewhere on my team? Right. That I can survive having a catcher hit like 175. Kind of the way we used to do with shortstops in the right. 60s and the 70s. I'll survive having, because the rest of my lineup is so good that even though that this guy is only going to hit 200, it's still going to be a much more effective 200 than any pitcher 200. Not all 200 averages are the same. Let's put it that way. So so no catcher in the history of Major League Baseball has ever caught all his team's games. I, I think, I, I kind of think that's interesting. Like, it does it go back to 1880s? 
80. You don't have any of those guys. Physically, I just don't think you could do it. I don't think you could get down there and squat behind the dish for 162 games for an entire season. Now, back in 1968, um, Todd Hundley, Met fans' dad, Randy Hundley, uh, caught 160 games. Now, I don't know that he caught the whole game 160, but he was behind the plate in 160 of the team's that's amazing. That guy, I right. can't possibly be able to walk now. Exactly. <laughs> and so you, you're thinking about your, your team like the Mets, who have a star catching prospect on his way up. Is yeah. it worth it for you to be like, oh, we got 140 games out of him at catcher this season? It's like, well, congratulations. You shortened his career by 60. Right. And, and, and we're talking about Francisco Alvarez. And as a, as a defensive catcher, he's very young. He's 20 20. or 21 years old. So, you know, look, organizations all over baseball have guys like this, right. That are in there, but his bat is so strong that you have to be thinking already right now, it would be really cool at his age to have him be a hitter and a, and a catcher, as long as he was good enough defensively. The problem is he's not, no, he's not ready defensively to play in the majors. And, and, and because Max Scherzer uh, had a rehab start up in Hartford with the yard goats or against the yard goats uh, for the for the for the Mets um he can bring that report back to the clubhouse and say okay here's what this kid is not no I you know I don't think this is the time to bring this guy up in fact they promoted uh, the kid to triple a from double a this year so he's still two levels it was two two levels now he's one but I, I think Do you bring him up just for his bat I don't think so yeah I don't think so either because I think you look at a team like the Yankees What's Higashioka hitting this year? Higashioka, yeah. Well, yeah, he's hitting home runs sometimes. Uh, but the, the actually the guy who's had a really good season for them is Trevino. I mean, he's like one of the most productive catchers in the league, and they pretty much, you know, got him for very little so, uh, in the offseason. I think it's the kind of position. Very good, good yeah. I think it's gonna be the kind of position you're gonna see. And it's been this way for a while where teams just kind of sign guys every year. And you hope you hit the right guy on the right year. And you get a better year than normal out of him. Because I think realistically, if you threw all the catchers in the league, minus, I don't know, JT Real Muto into a bag and like JT Real Muto and Salvador Perez, and you just pick a random catcher mm-hmm. out of a bag. Mm-hmm. How much better are you with any other catcher out of that bag compared to the one you pulled? I think today it, the difference very, is less. Very I little. Think the is, so I, I just found something. So framing statistics. By the way, there's a site called Catchers Home. Uh, dot com good good name for it lots of cool catching stats catchershome.com mm-hmm. um so the strike rate highest average in a season minimum pitches called 500 per season um since 2015 with jeff mathis mm. now you want to talk about a catcher who couldn't hit a lick jeff mathis <laughs> is one of them in 2018 okay um and runs from extra strikes most in a season minimum pitches called 500 and see buster posey 30 runs from extra strikes in 2016 so he stopped 30 runs from stolen strikes so that's gone that's a lot of runs he saved that's a lot that makes a difference yeah and that's going to be gone you're not going to be able to do that anymore so so should we when we're evaluating buster's hall of fame uh, worthiness would his ability to have done that when it was part of the game be one way or the other it just doesn't matter i think all. it's not going to really ever come up because you're not going to be able to compare that statistic to anything in the past when you're judging the hall of fame guy you're comparing him against all of baseball it's not like we have that that statistic for guys in the sick you don't know what johnny bench is how good he was at that we can all discuss what we perceived him to be but we don't have that kind of trackable data for the old school catchers so it's really hard to use it as something to enhance his case because we don't know if it's actually good or not 
But you'd have to think that that taking away pitch framing um, when it happens is going to then say that you, you're not going to have to carry catchers that bat 172 anymore. I mean, wouldn't that allow you? I mean, are we still talking about having guys who can no? You know what? Catch? I, I don't think so because you look at a team like the Mets. The Mets might say, you know what? We've seen what having bad catcher play does to your defense. defensively. Yeah, and that's not just pitch framing; just overall behind the plate. Sure, we could go out and get a guy that hits 250 instead of McCann's 220, but is that 30 points of batting average really going to be worth however extra, however fewer runs he saves behind the dish defensively? I don't know. I think teams are going to value because it's it's such an easy position to get free defensive runs saved at. Yes, yeah, and I think it's an easy thing to you know, uh, evaluate, you know, that, that particular aspect of, you know, of the catcher's, you know, co- contribution. Um, and again, we go back to how, how is, how is a catcher going to get in the hall of fame when you take that away too, if we're going to have all these guys hitting 200, never putting enough stats to barely you're gonna qualify. Get, well, you're going to get a guy that doesn't do that. You're not going to have any catch and no, almost no more catches. There's no third gonna, baseman that almost ever go right, in. The, the 17th third baseman I said, there's, you know, catchers are underrepresented, which they are. There's even fewer third basemen. I, I don't really understand right, why. That just circles back to the original thing. There's just not enough people in the Hall of Fame overall. So you're going to have too few of certain positions, and catcher is one of them. Just because you look at the – there's a lot of good catchers. There's not a lot of great catchers. The the big hall guys that we are, and we, 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 we wear that kind of proudly, is because – there's not that much more that's going. We put our what thirty six and, and there's like and two I, catchers that might like, go in. Not that many more guys that were going. So if everybody said, you know, oh, I know, I know, I want the hall to be pure. You know, Wally Shang we talked about not in the Hall of Fame. He's twelfth all time in WAR by a catcher. So just by that alone, you think, okay, so people don't even heard of this guy, which doesn't help his case for being in the Hall of Fame. In fact, once you get below. Uh, number 10, we mentioned Gabby Hartnett. The next one, Jorge Posada at number 11. There's an offensive catcher, not a defensive catcher. Shang, Munson, Bill Freehan, and Dow Porter. So there's no more Hall of Famers. you got to go to number 16, Ernie, Ernie Lombardi, um, who was reputed to be the slowest man in the history of, of baseball. But because he batted 306 at the time when that was unusual in 190 home, he's in the Hall of Fame as a catcher, even though his war stats are far below the other Right, guys. but that was also because war was a statistic that was invented on so much later on nobody was tracking it back when he got put in the hall of fame so that's why i don't like war for catchers in general roy campanella who everybody says you know and i didn't get to see the guy play you know he's down below all those guys in career war so that not the right of value. other than all i'm saying is that you look at these names and you think wow you know haven't even heard of some of these guys and there's the top 20 catchers in the history of major league baseball by one of the statistics you know it's hard to believe we don't know who they are I think it's just more so that catchers are a very invisible position, given that, you know, the, we're going to make it more invisible if we're going to take away pitch framing. Yeah, but I think <laughs> we might make them more visible by allowing guys that can hit better overall to take into the position. If Alvarez comes in this Mets prospect and hits 320 and a bunch of home runs every season. Yeah, people are going to know, won't, but, but he won't. no catchers do. No, you know, but, he may do it for a year or two. But that's that, nice. But that's why you don't see a lot of Hall of Fame catchers because they're not doing stuff like that. And and managers, you know, have gotten as you mentioned the difference uh, between the catchers on on the individual squad is less than it used to be. You, you may have a, a number one catcher, kind of a number two catcher, but they play much closer to the amount of games in, in a total season than they used to. And and I could see a time where you might almost alternate the catchers nearly to keep them both really it fresh. It keeps them fresh. It right. keeps them less likely to get hurt. Their bats are going to be better. 
and it makes sure they're both plugged in with the current pitching staff. So if either one of them goes down, you don't lose that continuity. And and and, and here's here's the key thing, right? Because they're not framing behind the plate, who cares who you're throwing to back there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Unless you're calling your own the, game. Yeah, the only reason Just you catch care the ball. is if you like the way a particular guy calls your game. Right, if you're if if that's the way that team is doing it, and that's uh, that's something that we you know is between each team. I don't really know. So yeah, I, I I'm just stunned at you know how devaluing this makes the catcher position. I'm actually happy for it because I think having the robo umps has to happen. I, I watch too many games where there's the too re- many calls. The real wild thing will be in 15 years, they're going to eliminate the catcher position. I'll just throw it into a net. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, no more stolen bases. Put a robot back there. And do that. So, so I know no, we don't want that. We don't want that. But we do think that, you know, this is going to be a major change for the catcher position. You're going to see a difference in how catchers are evaluated. And it might take a few years for that to shake out for them to really figure out how to judge them. And I'm hoping that they'll, they'll prioritize offense a little bit more since we're taking away what has been. I think they're going to have defensive. Statistics. I think that'll be a big part of it is now you can justify putting in weaker offensive guys because they're not responsible or weaker defensive guys because they're not responsible for as much absolutely thanks for listening subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and you can follow us on twitter at almost Hoops.